Good morning, Richard. Yevgeny, hello. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. And uh, I, I would like to uh, speak to you uh, about the pleasure and the importance of, of reading, because it's, uh, it's, uh, it's for me very, very important, but may, maybe for my sons, reading is not so important. And, <laughs> oh, I see. Yes, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, my first question, do you like reading? And what was your first book? And how old were you at the time? Well, I do like reading. Uh, I do very much like reading. And it was very important to my mother, especially to my mother, that I could read before I went to school for the first time. So I, I can't remember the very, very first books because I'm sure she read them to me and I can't remember. But the first book that I remember reading for myself and which I still have Uh, it was a book that I read when I must have been about four years old because I could read before I went to school. Oh, and, it, really? and it's called Tinker the Tractor. And it's a lovely story with, with lovely pictures uh-huh. about, about a tractor who overslept one day and was late getting to work. And he tried to take a shortcut and he fell into a pond uh-huh. and he had to be rescued by a friendly helicopter called Henry. And I just loved this book. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so so it was very important to my mum that I could read uh-huh. when I started school. So when I started school, I I immediately, you know, read all the books they gave us at uh-huh. school. Um, it's interesting. Which books did you prefer when you were, for example, ten, fifteen, twenty, five, and now? Uh, maybe they are different books. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And what's interesting is that although it was very important to my mother that I could read, uh-huh. I wouldn't say that our house was full of books. We didn't have lots of classical books. And my parents, for example, didn't read or listen to Shakespeare or, uh-huh. or that kind of thing. So we read um, very popular children's books when we were little. I remember my sister and I read Enid Blyton. We have an English author called Enid Blyton, who is not very well thought of by English scholars because her English isn't really very good. But she wrote hundreds of books and they were exciting. So we, we, we read these not very brilliant, but very readable books. And I know my dad loved Sherlock Holmes. So I read all the Sherlock Holmes stories. And then when I was a teenager, I moved on to adventure books and thrillers. And I slowly began to find out about what you might call literature. Uh, for some reason, I loved Jane Eyre, the book by Charlotte Bronte. And I remember reading it one afternoon and m- looking up and five hours had gone by and I had no uh, no idea that so much time had passed. Uh-huh. And, it, and I also, when I was about 16, yeah. I discovered Crime and Punishment in translation and I absolutely loved it. Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment. Uh-huh. I absolutely loved it. But these were quite unusual. I, I still wasn't reading really, you know, very literary books. But probably when I was about 19 or 20, I started a literary phase. <laughs> I decided that it was very bad that I hadn't seen or read all of Shakespeare. So I started reading Shakespeare plays and I started reading poetry, John Keats. And also at this time, I reread, I either read or reread Tolkien and C.S. Lewis, who you know, wrote fantasy books. And it, but it was later on, I think, 
you were asking what did I read when I was about 25. I, I don't know that 25 was a particularly yeah. important time, but round about my late nine, you know, my late twenties, uh-huh. I properly developed the ha- habit of reading and always having a book, uh-huh. you know, on the go. And I began to ask my friends, what do you like best? And I began to take tips from friends. And I think it was about now that I discovered Thomas Hardy. But my main discovery, now this might be quite unpopular, quite unpopular with with some of the people who listen to this podcast, but my main discovery here, which has lasted for the rest of my life, was Stephen King. Ah. I absolutely love Stephen King. And not not because I like horror. I think he is... I I, I don't think that Stephen King really needs to write horror. He is... actually a brilliant writer of character he, des- he describes a huge gallery of different uh, I characters saw, I, I saw a lot yeah. of films after uh, after uh, Stephen King but I but, but they're not very good but, I mean only the only good films that I've ever seen of Stephen King's books are The Shawshank Redemption and The Green Mile uh-huh. I think they're really hard to make good films of because the quality, the quality of, of his books is in the writing itself, and that gets lost in film. He is a brilliant uh, des- describer of character and a huge range of characters. So anyway, that's <laughs> that's my secret. Okay, well, now being published for the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Why, why, yeah, why not? Yeah. Yeah, okay. why not? Yeah. Okay, good. But uh, how important can books be for language study? What What do you think about it? Ah, that's a that's quite a challenging question. I I would say that that depends what your goals are in learning language and what interests you, and also um, how best you learn. You know, some people learn very well and very quickly just by hearing, and they yeah. they pick up language by conversation, and that's what excites them. Other people, and I think I might be one of these, need to see things written down before they become very uh, very well memorized yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it's important to me to read uh, to help my learning but I think there might be a question here about what kind of books might should we read to help our learning and that yeah seems... for, for, for example yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> for example do, do you think that uh, for the purpose of language learning you have to read first of all modern literature or and what about classical works? It is worth reading them, or maybe they contain too many old-fashioned words, uh, like some of my German friends believe. <laughs> do they really? Yeah. <laughs> well, look, I would say you don't have to do anything except you. You should enjoy what you do. Uh, I think this question is related to the previous question because some of my friends. Um, learn languages through films and TV serials and conversation and they listen carefully and maybe they make appropriate references to grammar books and they they speak you know very well Um, what do I think about this well I'd be happy Yevgeny, if you were able to read Shakespeare, and if you wanted to read Shakespeare, I, it, would, it would make I me happy. I tried several times, but it is a difficult task, yeah? He is incredibly but for, for hard. example, I am, I, I am reading uh, now Charles Dickens. For ah, example. very yeah. good. No, he's great, a great... Uh, the great, ex- uh, great expectations. Oh, made, very good. Yeah, yeah no good. Yeah. Well, look, Look. It is not. It is. Uh, it is. It is interesting for for me. Uh, though uh, there are a lot of yeah. old-fashioned words. Yeah? You're right. Well, Shakespeare is incredibly hard, even for English speakers, uh-huh. and the same with our best poets. So T. S. Eliot, John Keats, Robert Browning, 
and you know we do have school children in england who who give up reading um shakespeare and and classical poetry forever because they read these works when they're too young uh -huh. um you know they're made to read shakespeare at school and it just like it's boring um but if you of course if you manage to to read shakespeare it will be a fantastic experience and it will certainly enrich your understanding of what can be done with english uh, but it, it is fair to say that Shakespeare won't immediately help you with your spoken modern English. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, here's there one. There are a lot of sayings from Shakespeare. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you, there are lots of proverbs and sayings, but no, at the same time, there are lots of very old words and very old constructions. Ah. So, look, one approach might be yeah. that if you want to read the classics, I, I think probably you should be thoroughly um, aware of the modern language first and then maybe add the classics on and maybe that will help you notice which words and phrases have become old-fashioned so that you don't accidentally go using them in shops <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and on buses and on trains <laughs> but i mean it it does depend doesn't it because i love the english language and i love reading great english you know so i love shakespeare but i do understand and, and in russian i would love to read chekhov and i've started to read chekhov yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm sure I will read lots of Chekhov, but at the moment it's also important for me just to understand how modern Russian works and, and to learn to speak it. So I, I think probably I, I want to learn, for my my purposes, I would like to learn how to speak and read the modern language first. And then, but I do want to read the great yeah. writers in, in, in Russian, I do. So I will aim for that later, is my thinking. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was very, very interesting interview. Yeah. All right. Thank, thank you. you. It's been a pleasure.